the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammer Down Racing Report for Thursday, May 26th. The 232nd edition of the Hammer Down Racing Report. Scott, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem possible that May is already over. Yeah, I, I was looking at next week's show. I was like, that's going to be in June. It's wow. not possible. Coming at you live from the Ron Miller Race Cars Hammer Down Racing Report studio. It is the Hammer Down Racing Report presented by Oakshade Raceway. Yeah. And I, we're the fastest meet to race. That's right. And that's going to happen this weekend. I talked to uh, Pam Hendricks uh, from out there earlier today, and she said, We're racing this weekend. Bring your mutters. Well, hopefully, uh, we don't. They didn't. That was, uh, I want to say it was just before lunchtime I talked to her. So, and they hadn't had any rain yet today out right. there. So, hopefully, they didn't get too much this afternoon, and uh, maybe it'll stay away tomorrow. But then they have all day Saturday for it to dry out. So, We'll, right. uh, we have uh, yeah. our uh, weekend weather pit stop coming up a little bit later on. With Ryan Weekman? With, uh, well, it's uh, more of a text version of it because uh, I see. he left before, um, before he recorded it. it. Yeah. And also, I forgot to email it last night. I emailed it this morning. So <sighs> technically it was my fault, but uh, uh, he did give me, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, also tonight, we have how many? Chance to uh, win some Big D's pizza. We're going to be speaking with uh, Sunday's uh, Midwest Modified Tour winner at Toledo Speedway, Blake Rowe. Uh, actually, technically, we talked to him last night, but uh, we'll be playing that back for you tonight. Uh, I guess he's on his way to pick up his uh, new uh, late model tonight. Was why he couldn't uh, really be live with us. So, yeah. oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, forgot to mention that. And uh, also, we'll be speaking to uh, John Bailey here shortly of uh, Palmyra Speedway, doing some uh, go kart stuff. I looked and saw the last. I was looking at some stats uh, since I had everything pretty much ready to go before we started here. Sure. And uh, uh, oh, um, a couple oh, um, things. Uh, Bailey was uh, last on the show. He was one of our first guests back in 2017. Really? In the fall. That was uh, when we had John Bailey on. Like last. we were maybe in single digits then instead of... It was, I think it was like... Instead of closing in on... Fourth show or something like that. 250? Fourth or fifth show, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's that. And also uh, India has now overtaken Australia uh, behind uh, the U.S. Uh, having the most listeners of uh, people that listen on the podcast. All right, my friends in Australia, this is... I know, and I'm wearing this, the, the Nylander shirt this week, yeah, too, so, I the, mean, come on. The, this can't happen. Friends in Australia, and, and I've got hundreds of you there, work on getting more more viewers, listeners for our show. Oh, Yeah, you're getting beat by India. That's disgusting. And then it's uh, Australia, then uh, Canada. We have, uh, yeah, hey? Canada's fourth, yeah. yeah. It's early boot. Yeah. It's because we talk hockey sometimes. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's it. Hopefully you'll be talking hockey from Canada in another week or so. Or Florida. Yeah, one of them. Probably Florida. I think Florida is winning that series. Ooh, yeah. that'd be that'd be a whole lot better yeah. than Newfoundland. Yes. Yeah, and they got that weird time zone thing there. It was an hour and a half difference or half hour different. I don't know. Yeah, like some, and halfway around the world from here. It's halfway to England. Anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, we'll get to John Bailey here in just a second. First, uh, I got to pay a few bills. Oakshade Raceway, get out there uh, Saturday night. Um, there's a lot of stuff we talked about that I can't share that I wish I could, but I, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. About uh, this Saturday, track should be good. Grounds may be a little 
a little mucky. So uh, bring some kitty litter or some boards to uh, park your haulers on. Or, I, I don't know. Or make sure you don't park in any soft spots or before you do park your haulers or your cars out in the parking lot. Make sure it's not too squishy in that area. They got a big enough parking lot. You can find a place. Right. Yeah. Uh, Saturday uh, will be the uh, opener. Oh, we also have a Hammer Down Hotline playback. Really? Yeah, yeah. That reminded me of it. I already listened. It'll be a surprise to you. Uh, and I'd had to do some research and reach out to a few people to answer this uh, person's questions. So uh, this Saturday, uh, Oakshade Raceway, uh, racing at uh, 7 o'clock, gates open at 4. We got late models. We got sportsmen. We got Dominator Superstocks and the Compacts. Full show. Yeah, and just in case you missed the memo, Oakshade Bombers are not running. Nope, they're going to run the super stocks instead. That's right, the Dominator super stocks. I got to give a same rules, more money. Shout out to Big D's Pizza Subs, Ribs, Chicken, and more out there in Clyde, Ohio. Give them a call right now, 419-547-1444, or order online at orderbigdspizza.com, and you can uh, probably get some pizza before uh, we're done here. Could they deliver here? Uh, No. I don't think we could afford that delivery charge. Uh, oh. They got the pizza burger. They got chicken chunks. And got, I've got to have one of those yeah, pizza burgers. I think John was out there. He uh, was, and Sunday. we forgot to message yeah, him. Yeah, I had to go to a graduation party, but he he's like, hey, you want to go to Big D's? I'm like, yeah, but I already I got something I got to do. So it was okay. And, and, and he could have brought something back, but he I did didn't actually, message him. You didn't message him. He actually I messaged me, but I, I didn't. I don't know. Anyways. Well, I, I saw the message. I'm an open invitation. I'll bring stuff back, and I didn't. You didn't. Uh, big, Shame on us. Big D's, big on taste, not on price. Check out uh, Dominator Race Products. Uh, they have the new Outlaw Nose Kit at uh, DominatorRaceProducts.com. They have uh, body components uh, for late models, modified sprint cars, street stocks, and much more. DominatorRaceProducts.com or call 419 923 Seven zero. Also, you can uh, get those Dominator race products from reputable dealers across the country, such as Ron Miller Race Cars. Right. So. Who are you calling reputable there, Sunshine? Uh, also, have to thank Freeze Frame Photos uh, and, uh, of course, Ron Miller Race Cars, uh, additional sponsor. We'll talk more about them later. How about we give uh, Mr. John Bailey a call talk some uh, go-kart racing before we get to uh, Mr. Blake Rowe? Sounds great. That's That's okay with you? Texting him probably is not going to work out real well. Don't do that. No. No, he butt-dialed me after I talked to him earlier, too, and I didn't have his number saved in my phone yet, and I'm like, he's like, who's this? I'm like, who's this? You called me. (laughs) Oh, what? It's like, wait a minute. This is John Bailey. I remember that. Hello? John. Hey. Hey. Is this John or Renee? This is is, – This is John. <laughs> Hi, my friend. <laughs> hey, John. How are you? Scott and uh, Ron Hammerdown Racing Report. And, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, some go-kart racing up there at Palmyra Speedway. Well, we got, in my opinion, we got some of the best. Uh, I, I still have not yet visited another dirt cart racetrack. I might do that this year, but. Uh, be honestly, I, I doubt it. Um, I, I got my my head so into what what we're doing there at Palmyra. Um, I mean, I care about other racetracks uh, deeply, um, 
but I, I am so focused on Paul Myra that um, that's that's where I, that's where you'll find me right there. So, John, it was a little endeavor of, a couple of years ago, and it's really grown into something. Uh, to be proud of from your standpoint. Yeah, and, we, uh, we we actually talked to you, and t- I looked this up because I remember talking to I didn't think it was that long ago, but it was 2017. Okay. One of our first shows, actually, and yeah. uh, and it was right after you had started that uh, the dirt track there. And yep. tell us how that has changed over the years and, and what it's become now. Well, uh, first of all, I, I, I was really, I'll tell you, Ron, I was really honored to, to see you there. Um uh, right up with, uh, you know, we, on any Friday night, you might find, uh, Todd or Roddy Schroyer there or, uh, Larry booze is visited. Um, you know, and when I seen the professor there, man, it, 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 it tickled my heart and made me feel good. Um, as far as the growth, uh, I guess you could almost call it evolution of the, of the track. Uh, anybody that's, worked on a racetrack on a dirt track or i imagine any kind of racetrack knows that it's never finished it's it's uh it, it don't matter how perfect you you think you got it you you're going to find something that that needs made better or, or or something that needs more money spent on it or more time invested but um there, there's lots of players uh involved in in the the improvement at at Paul Myra. Um, and, and it's funny how a lot of the times, um, people you maybe don't even know will want to be part of the given, uh, a couple of seasons ago, we got, uh, given a, uh, racing, uh, radio set by a guy. Uh, he bought it online. He saw us struggling, you know, with making calls and, and getting information to the infield and back to the tower and, and uh, so one day he showed up with uh, a half a dozen, uh, you know, walkie-talkie radios, and then the little little earbuds. Um, and now those have evolved into uh, Dan Geiner, our waterman. You know, you know Dan. The, oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Used, Evergreen. used to run uh, Evergreen. Yep. He uh, he's he is one of the key players at the at the track. Uh, he uh, invested in some in some actual headsets. And, uh, and, uh, has just last week, uh, put those into use. Um, and, and Dave Gumby senior, that guy, uh, got interested right from, right from day one. Uh, he, he helped me put the first round of, of lighting in. And then, uh, from there it was, he helped with the fencing. He helped with, uh, some grandstands. He, he, he took an old, uh, uh, engine box that he picked up at work and, and turned, put a roof on it and a, and a door on it and, and made it into a check-in booth. Um, him and Joe, uh, Joe Smith from U-Haul got us an old trailer that they were going to scrap. And we made that into the uh, concession stand. My, my daughter runs Maggie's Munchies. Um, so Dave is, it has helped from day, right from day one. And uh, he, we uh, honored the uh, the scoring tower to his mom. Let me get this right. M- Marie Elaine Golombieski. It's Meg uh, Scoring Tower. And uh, he, that, that's Dave's domain up there where he does his magic with the scoring. And uh, I, I tell you, everything, again, everything evolves. And 
we're, we're, what feels good is we're starting to run out of things for the competitors and the fans to complain about, you know, for the first couple seasons. They'll find more. They'll find more things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> the first, well, it, you it, can't well, please I'm, everybody. I'm, no. And I made a promise from an, an incident that happened to my wife years ago at Oakshade in, in one of the bathrooms. Um, I made a promise at our banquet this past year that I was going to put in some real flushing toilets for the ladies. And uh, I, I haven't got that done yet, but, um, oh. but yeah, well, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. I, I'm working on it. I got, I, I got the well, the water well is in. I got to put in a green field. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's a step-by-step deal. But, uh, again, the, the people that have put in, um, I got a guy, Rod Moore, um, A.J. Brady uh, Excavation up here in, in Adrian, Runaway County. He's just a race fan. He loves racing. And this guy has done more for us in, in bringing in clay and helping with putting in a driveway. Uh, he created a parking lot for us. Uh, he, he did the grade. He set the grade on the racetrack. So the water all drains down to one end where we dug another friend of mine, uh, Woody Reynolds, put a surge pond in the infield. And then we put two four inch tiles from the track into the into the infield so when it rains my pond fills up and i'm happy uh because i've got you know probably uh, twenty thousand gallons of free water sitting in my pond that we can spray back onto the racetrack um so you, you know again it uh I, I think one night the first night i saw around there we had big time uh electrical problems uh, and uh I felt terrible. Ah, you've, uh, you, you overcame those problems, though. The night went well. Yeah. Yes, we did. We we had a luckily in the uh, in the pit area. We had a an electrical contractor who actually had his kids had raced there a couple years ago, and he offered a couple years ago to help me tidy up the electrical, and we we just never got it together. Well, that night he happened to be there, man. He, he scooted up the ladder, and he had his. Um, whatever gizmo you, you shoot a signal with and you can trace problems. He had his uh, equipment with him and he found the problem and, and, you know, we were able to get it fixed by before it got, you know, dark. I think was that was the night we did the uh, 500 to win for the open show. Yeah. And uh, that RJ Cornette uh, pulled that one off. Gosh. And uh, his, his dad was telling me that's the first big money race they won at Palmyra and, and we've had a few, we've had a few, uh, uh, 1200 to win thousand to win. We had one 1500 to win. And, uh, you, you've so had I, some, you know, some big shows there and it sounds like you have a, a lot of people in place, uh, that, uh, are taking care of a, a lot of needs. Uh, and, and before we get into too much here, I want, I want to go back a little bit for maybe some people that aren't familiar with Palmyra. Uh, it used to be just that the little, uh, I don't, would you call that a road course? The asphalt yeah. track, right? And yeah. and yeah. and we need to talk about that road course because I understand that that might have an, a race coming this summer. Well, that, the plan is to run uh, two shows, and I've got uh, Advance Auto Parts here in Adrian. Uh, Cam, Cameron Frank, the guy's name is the manager there, and he has a son, uh, little Cam that runs uh, asphalt. And he started actually at Palmyra on the dirt and through 
um, th- th- through the the um, the levels of racing, they they figured out that their their son prefers the asphalt racing, and and uh, Cam was telling me that he won. I think he's seven or eight years old. He won the Ohio uh, championship for the youngsters on asphalt, and I mean this kid took the asphalt like like no other. So, um, they've, they've been good to stay, you know, good to advance auto parts there. And Adrian's been good enough to stay with us. And they're sponsoring two shows this year. We call it the advance auto Two Fifty because it pays 250 to win. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to do those shows on the asphalt track. Um, so, and, and the, the, I got some dirt guys, not real happy about it, but, um, are they going to have to take go, the night off that is, is it going to be a Friday well, night deal? Well, it's going to be a Friday night deal, but it's going to pay points. the The asphalt track is going to pay points for the dirt series. Really? Okay. I mean, okay. We, well, NASCAR does it, don't they? Don't, sure. don't they? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So why can't Palmyra? And um, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids that that we're we're bringing along that have have never been on that uh, asphalt track, and um, so I'm hoping that you know maybe I'll start a not a new, uh, well, restart something that's old and, and forgotten and, and maybe get back to where I could run a show once a month on that asphalt track. Uh, they used to, they used to pile in crowds of people, uh, back in the eighties and nineties. And, and then back in the sixties and seventies, they, they had a uh, huge uh, turnouts on that track. But, uh, um, uh, they're a friend of mine. We all know George Lindsay. He, he won one night. He, he gave me a wink, and he, and uh, and I'll, I'll never forget this. He said, "There's just something about dirt that people like, you know." Okay, I, we, I was talking. He asked me the same thing. What's the problem with the asphalt track? And I went into my spiel, and George was standing there, and he looked at me, and he winked, and he says, "Well, oh, there's just something about dirt people like," and and he he hit it right on the on the head. You know, it's that's true. But uh, that, the, uh, the pavement track in its heyday had teepees in the area. Oh well, yeah, we had uh, the wigwam. We had the wigwam across the street. Right. Uh, they, yeah, they called it Teepee Town, and uh, there was actually back originally there were teepees out in uh, behind the wigwam that that were like little lodges where you could you could pull in off of two twenty three, go into the main lodge, which was the wigwam, uh, get dinner and a beer and, and dance, and then I guess for for ten bucks you could you could crash out and. Yeah, you could crash out out and back in one of the little teepees, but that that was way before my time, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I still Scott's know. Looking I know. A bewildered. That sounds yeah. kind of cool, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you, you yeah, uh, you have a beer and sleep in a, in, a, in a teepee. You know, why not? Yeah. But yeah. So uh, and see, Paul Myra's been there. So the racetrack was originally named Hilltop uh, Hilltop Speedway, and they built that place in 1959. And, uh, before that, there was, uh, a, uh, a, one of Illinois County's very first, uh, drive-in theaters was on that property from, from 53 to 57. Wow. And, uh, yeah, then, you know, Ron, where the dirt track is now, I do. there was, yeah, there was once a dirt track there on that same location that I, I didn't even know that when I built that track and an older gentleman friend of mine, Larry, Keith, uh, he asked me, uh, where are you going to put turns one and two? 
And I said, well, down on that end. He says, well, they're supposed to be down on that end. And I said, why? He says, well, that's where, uh, that's where the original dirt track one and two was down there. And I said, what, you know, what are you talking about? And he says, well, when you mow the field, don't you go over that hump? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, he says, that's turns one and two. When, when he was a kid in the fifties, like 57, 58, um, he, he raced on that, that it was a circle. It was a perfect, almost like a perfect circle. And, uh, they, they had little, um, uh, I guess two stroke, uh, carts that they ran back there. Sure. So that was kind of a, a neat thing. And then on the asphalt track, they had a, um, a series, which I can remember in the sixties of the, uh, twin McCulloch 10, uh, yep. 10 horse chain, uh, chainsaw carts with two. Uh, I mean, that's man, that's man go karting there, man. Yeah, two buddy. 10 horse, uh, chainsaw motors. And, uh, then I know in the seventies, the Michigan Corvette club had a lease on that track and the, and the Corvettes ran on that little, um, uh, one I call at, it a, one car at a time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't, they go out and race and race the clock. And, uh, so the, the asphalt tracks got a ton of history and, um, you know, I know I can't bring it back overnight, but, uh, I'm going to, you know, try to put some attention to it this year and get some carts back on that speedway and down, down what I call the long back straightaway. I mean, you can get going pretty gall darn fast. Um, and, uh, man, you gotta, you gotta have a cart that's really set up right or, or have some really good brakes <laughs> when you go, when you go into the first S, S corner, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but, um, man, we're, we're having so much fun with the dirt, the dirt track. Uh, I just finished paperwork on that, uh, last week's event and we had 27 youngsters, uh, and, uh, see about 25 adults, uh, which we had 52 families down there. Uh, last Friday night, uh, pulled the night off without, uh, you know, I don't allow alcohol or marijuana on the, on the property. Um, uh, or, or, you know, in open use, uh, you mean, if, if you've got a, a 12 pack in a cooler in the trunk of your car, there's nothing I'm going to do about it. But if you're walking around in the pits, puffing on a, uh, a, a doobie, I'm going to tell you that you can put that out now. And, uh, cause the, the, the golden ticket down there is family, you know, right. is, getting those folks in there with their kids and their, their grandmas and grandpas and their moms, dads, uncles, and aunts, and, uh, helping, helping each other. And, uh, the, the crew that I've got, we've got, we've all been together for, this is our sixth year together. And we've finally, we're finally running on all eight cylinders. Um, and, and we had a couple of rough years with growing pains and stuff and, and, uh, no offense, Dan, but you know, Dan wanted to do things his way. And, and uh, me wanting to do things my way, and and I've I've finally I've I've given up um, trying to run the whole show myself, and I I finally accepted delegating responsibilities to Dave as our scorekeeper. Chad Stallsworth is a fantastic flagger. Uh, Grant Canfield is our um, our fill-in flagger. He does a he does a great job. Uh, I leave the 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 uh, the track surface to Dan. And uh, I'm telling you, man, last week at feature time, he had that track 99% perfect. It was, it had tacky from the, from, from the pup show to the end of the feature. It was, it was a, a good track. Um, had a kid, Davey Miller, uh, he's some kind of, um, uh, runs Eminem, uh, go-kart bodies in somewhere, Indiana, I think, uh-huh. uh, he won, he won the, uh, the, uh, one of the, uh, box stock shows. 
Um, I noticed he chimed in on Facebook and said, uh, fast track, uh, good food, uh, plenty of kids, nice family atmosphere. I'll be back. You know? So when, when you, when you, that's like getting a compliment from, to me, that's like getting a compliment from Kyle Bush or sure. Kevin Harvick or, or somebody, you know, um, which we don't have them guys walking the paddock yet, but maybe Soon. someday we'll get, you know, maybe we'll get Matt Crafton to bring his daughter up there, you know, or, yeah. or something, you know, it, it could happen. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, I, I, I don't want to run out of time here, but uh, I, I want to get to a well, couple other things. Okay. Uh, uh, that's good. The last time I was there, the track, uh, I think was, it was the first or second year I was there. The track was pretty small. Yep. It was narrow. I've seen pictures. Yep. It's super wide now. I mean, the, yes. and the, the, like you said, everything that you got the, the tower now and so yep. much has changed. I mean, it, you got a lot going on there. Uh, I mean, like you said, it, you're kind of, I guess it's kind of hitting its maturity and you got, you got big crowds. Uh, what, what, classes you have what uh what kind of prize yeah. money you, you mentioned some of the bigger shows i mean those are some pretty yep. good well uh prize money okay. and and uh, yep. also tell us about how uh you know some of these kids if they're interested in getting into go-kart racing how they can get yep. involved yep I, I i gotta share this one with you i had a guy and we all know him i'm pretty sure one of the oakshade brotherhood uh perry cox mm-hmm. um called perry uh-huh. ran at oakshade and then he he drove a push truck for a couple of years he called me this morning at a quarter after seven, all excited because his son, Colton, who is seven years old, hangs out with one of the kids in Marenzi, uh, plays T-ball with a kid named Hezekiah Russell. Yep. Uh, and um, and Colton, yes, sir, uh, has won the, the inaugural Little Pup Championship last year. And uh, Perry called up and he says, he says, we were eating dinner last night and my boy mentioned that he'd kind of like to get a go-kart and race with he- Hezekiah. And, and it was so cool to, to, for Perry to call me at 7.15 this morning, totally excited about this. He went out, got a go-kart, and he, you know, he wanted to know what the rules were for the, the little pup division, which is the youngster, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, uh, they have to run a 79cc Predator motor, uh, which is three-and-a-half horse with a governor and a red restrictor plate. They can maybe go 15, 20 miles an hour. Okay, on a one tenth mile track, that's fast enough for a six year old. Yeah, that's still, um, that's uh, that's faster yeah, than your go karts at the uh, the place where you go and pay five yeah, or sure. six bucks for three laps. Yep. Um, we've got right now Hezekiah Russell. We've got uh, Jesse Jones. His he and his brother Blake uh, are are mentoring uh, uh, Ezra and uh, Jay Jones. A couple of young, they're uh, Blake's boys. And uh, Ezra, and then it does a fantastic job. Um, we've got uh, Scott Goodlock's little boy, Stefan. Um, we've got a Noah Howard, his boy, is the youngest uh, little dude on a Comer cart. Um, anyway, my wife's sticking her, sticking <laughs> her, yeah. Well, anyway, so we've got a fantastic little pup division. Then the kids junior is uh, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Uh, kids senior, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, and then on payouts, the kids, you know, what I do is, uh, if you, if you win the feature, basically they think they're getting paid because dad or mom or grandma or grandpa is the one that pays their way in, but I give them their money back. Okay. So if you win the feature and you, you got a 10 year old and he comes in, he gets a really cool sticker and, uh, and he gets his money back where, well, he gets 25 bucks. So he thinks he just earned 25 bucks. Um, most of the parents, I think probably let their kids keep the money or, or I, I heard, uh, 
the Jones boys, uh, when they, when their kid won, uh, uh, Blake says, well, Hey, we got enough money. Come back next week. So, um, you know, not everybody's a millionaire that, that comes down there. And I mean, we got, um, economy racers. We got guys that got plenty of money. Uh, then, Adult divisions, we got what we call box stock light, which is you got to weigh 325 pounds. The cart and the driver has to be a Predator 212 out of the box. Uh, the king of the hill down there is Steve Rowe, the 42 uh, late model guy from, you know, Steve. Yeah, we've, and, we've uh, had him on the show before. Okay. And uh, yeah, well, he's got a nickname down there. We call him three in a row uh, because uh, he started winning. And, uh, and because of Steve's. Uh, success, I, I decided if you win three sh- features in a row on your fourth race, you're starting in the tail. Okay. We tore his motor apart. We couldn't find nothing wrong with it. You know, he just, he's got a, a perfectly well set up cart. He's got the engine geared correctly. And, and the old, the, the old guy can just still wheel, you know? And, um, but when you win as much as he was winning, um, we do the, the Steve three in a row uh, deal where uh, now RJ Cornette's got one coming up. I think he's won three open shows in a row. And uh, the next time we race down there, RJ going to have to start in the tail and it won't matter to him because uh, he, he'll drive right straight to the front and, and, and put on a good show and probably win. But uh, we've got the box stock lights. We got box stock heavies. That's what Steve runs. You got to weigh cart and driver, 375 pounds. Then we got the open division. Uh, then we have what we call stock appearing, which is got to weigh 350 pounds. That engine, if, when I'm standing there four foot away from that motor, it has to look stock. Okay. I don't care if you've got a kryptonite crankshaft in it and a plutonium camshaft and, and it don't matter what's in that motor. But when, when I walk up and look at it, it has to look stock. Um, we've got a 16 year old young lady, Riley Jacobs, that is just dominating in, in that division. Um, we've got another, uh, 16 year old lady in the box stock lights, Kimberly Abbott out of Quincy, Michigan. Her, her, she's got a brother, Zach, that runs the stock appearing. She runs box stock light. Both those, both those young ladies are, are, are so sweet and fine and, and, and fierce, fierce race car drivers. Cart, K-A-R-T. But, uh, so there's seven divisions total, um, from five-year-olds up to, I don't know how old Steve is, but he's one of the elders of the tribe up there that uh, he's got to be 60, late 60s. I don't know. Is Steve 70 yet, Ron? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't pretty, know. Pretty close. So all seven, so, all, all seven classes run uh, on a regular race night? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and like I say, over the six years with Gumby and, uh, and, and Chad, they've got the, the race program dialed in pretty good. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting, uh, we're done on the racetrack before midnight and people are loading up and on their way home before midnight. And that's, that was kind of the goal. Um, you know, uh, I was letting intermissions run too long and people were getting, uh, grumpy about that. And, and I get it, you know, I mean, it's just, I love being there so much. I, you know, I hate that for the night to end, but it's better when, you can button up and be out, you know, everybody be loading and on their way home by midnight. That's, that's just a good thing. So, so. what time do, do uh, things get started? Do, I mean, what time do Eight. gates start? Just like Oakshade gates open at four hot laps at six, uh, at six forty-five, we do a quick driver's meeting. 
Um, and I wanted to mention the uh, when we do the national anthem here a couple weeks ago, I had a guy, uh, no, no, uh, no, uh, no relation to the Grateful Dead. The guy's name is Jerry Garcia, but he's he's got ten CDs out, national uh, singing CDs. He's he does uh, southern gospel singing. And um, I was told by John Morton, uh, ex uh, uh, Racers Connection owner, um, Continental Service. Uh, John says, "Man, if you ever get the chance, try and get him to sing for you." And uh, so I, I cornered him, and he did a beautiful uh, version of uh, the national anthem. Now, Kimberly Abig, that I mentioned from Quincy, she sang for us last week. She also plays the flute and has done it has done the national anthem a few times on the flute. And, uh, in case, uh, Royce Cornette is listening tonight. I, I am going to be asking him, uh, to, to sing for us cause he's got an amazing voice too. And, uh, I, I asked him, I said, is there a bluegrass version of, of, uh, the national anthem? And he looked at me and said, you know what? I don't think so. He says, but I'll sing it for you. So, <laughs> oh, Lord. uh, yeah, yeah, you bet. And, and RJ has played the banjo for us a few times. That's there why it's at called the Banjo time. Man, right? Yeah. Well, I I renamed him the the Bull Ring Bandit, you know, and okay. and, uh, and well, I don't. I, his dad referred to him as the Bull Ring Bandit last year, and uh, I, I I've been doing a little race recap on the on the on the Facebook page, and I've I've kind of I'm referring to RJ as as the uh, Palmyra Bandit now. John, and, I want to uh, put I'm you a, I want to put you on the spot for just a minute before we run out of time. Okay. Um, okay. it's, it's been said that rubbing is racing. In my opinion, um, rubbing is racing is a movie quote. Um, yeah. and, and I know you've gotten some, uh, negative feedback, uh, about some guys that are a little rough and I know you're dealing with it. Tell us about what's going on there. Well, you know, and Ron, you know, that's a good question and that's a tough one. It's a tough, it's a really I know tough it is. question. I know too. it is. Um, you know, and, uh, the, uh, it's hard to get into the, well, the number one thing is one of the, the, the things that, uh, has kept me going for these six years is, is making that track, as you guys mentioned, it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, when we very first started, it was no more than a sand, sandy two track, you know? And, um, uh, you know, I, I kept, uh, getting Swasarsky excavating sent us down, I don't know how many tons of clay, uh, AJ Brady has brought in probably, I don't know what size they can, they can carry nine tons. And I bet you they have brought in a hundred truckloads of, of dirt for me. And it shows um, the track is beautiful. It, well, thank you. Thank you. Cause I have put heart and soul into that. And I just today turned it all over. Dan, Dan ordered it to be, uh, to be a uh, roto tilled. And I, I went down there this morning. The track was, damp and soft it was in perfect condition to to uh flip the dirt i, I went down about six inches and uh she's she's all turned over right now i'm letting it you know absorb moisture and w if we race tomorrow we do if we don't we don't but uh the track is upside down right now it's all flipped over and it looks good i want my grandson viper and i we walked the track for a couple hours today picking rocks out and stuff but uh, it's not, I haven't rolled it back in. Uh, if weather looks okay, I'll roll it back in in the morning. But, um, as far as the beating and banging goes, you know, be, because the track is so small, you're going to have bumping and banging. Um, now we, and some of the bad press I've got has, has been from the kids, 
we've got some kids that you can walk up to them at pre-race and, and say, now listen, do, do not bump and bang into, into so-and-so. And that kid will go out there and slam into them like he didn't even hear you. Um, oh, you know, and didn't it, do that. No, but uh, <laughs> you, you can get frustrated easily. Uh, my flagger, Chad, has, has, has done a great job with the youngsters. Um, you know, it, it's the – so the youngsters actually is coming along pretty good. Um, we've got some grown-ups down there that – uh, you, you know, we, we had an incident a couple weeks ago where we had, uh, three guys trying to get on the same piece of racetrack, uh, as they, all three of them wanted the middle line coming off of turn four and, and only one of them got it. And one of them got spun out. One of them got run over and the other one got the, got the spot that he wanted. Um, he, you know, if it was a bigger track, I, I think there'd be less contact. Um, but now from what I hear, and I haven't been out yet to see some of these other racetracks that are bigger than Palmyra is you get the, you get the, what I call the, 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 uh, everyone in a single line syndrome where everybody's in a single line and you're ra- you're driving around on that racetrack, maybe not even racing. You're just riding around out yeah. there, wait, waiting for the guy in front of you to make a mistake. So you can duck under and take his spot. And, and I've had, I've had some, some really, uh, if Andrea Weaver's listening, I'll say hashtag semi pro. Um, I've had some semi pro, uh, people tell me that that's one of the raciest little dirt tracks that they've run on because it's wide enough to go side by side. Um, and it's egg shaped. So on the bit, what I call the big end three and four, uh, you can hold it wide open down in one and two on the, uh, you got a, uh, RJ Cornets, the master down there in one and two. Um, you know, you got You got to be patient and set up, set up your guy. If you can get that nose under his left rear, um, then, then you got what, what we call the door slap. Um, you know, there, but that, that to me is okay. If you door slap a guy, if you're rubbing really hard on, on, your right door is up against his left door. When you come off turn two, that's fine. Um, it's when you slam into somebody and spin them out to take their spot, uh, is, is we're starting to make a little more stern calls this year on that kind of driving. You know, if you, if you dump somebody, you're going to lose two spots. If you do it a second time, you're going to the tail. Uh, if it happens a third time, you're getting the black flag and, and, and it's no favoritism. It, It is what it is. Um, and, uh, this year we had guys, uh, uh, hitting the gas way before the, the, the fire cone or the cone where you're supposed to stand on it. Right. And we told him, you told him in the driver's meeting, if you, if you, if you hit the gas before that cone, you're losing two spots. And all of a sudden nobody was hitting the gas before the cone. And, uh, so we're, we're trying to be mindful, pe- uh, peaceful, uh, friendly as we can. But we're, you know, this year we're trying to enforce some rules. As Chrissy from Oakshade told me five years ago, John, whatever you do, have fun and be consistent. Try to be consistent across the board with your calls. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple of years to find Chad Stallsworth. He, he was racing there. And um, I, was, I was announcing and flagging 
And Chad come up behind me one night and he says, John, you, you need help. You're fired. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're fired. And he did. He fired me. He kicked me <laughs> off the flag stand. And he has done such a good job for us. Um, and again, Grant Canfield uh, steps in when Chad's got another, other things going on. Grant's a youngster. He does, he does a good job. He's real enthusiastic. He helps me promote the track. He's brought in uh, a couple of big sponsors, Blissfield BP, Rally's Hamburgers. Uh, he got somebody else, a couple, oh, Todd Schreier Construction. Um, gosh dang it, there's another uh, oh, daycare down there in Ohio that he, that he hooked us up with for a couple years. And so, you know, he, he's been helpful that way also. And, uh, but if Grant screws up out on that track, he gets a black flag or, or, I mean, you know, we're, we're not, we're not playing favorites to nobody. We're trying to treat everybody equal and, uh, whether you're five or 50, uh, you know, we're, and the, but to bring those youngsters along, I call them the pride and joy of Palmyra Speedway. Um, the, those youngsters, um, I'm telling you, I, I we've got, we had eight last week of the five, six, seven, eight year olds. And, and at least half of them are going to grow up and be dirt car drivers. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that the good luck kid, uh, Noah Howard, uh, has, uh, uh, the, the Jones boys, those, those, their, their, their dads are, and grandpas are grooming them to and, be, and I you can know, see, to, and I can see that that's, and, and that's the great thing about what you're doing is that those are the racers that we're going to see at area racetracks, right? Yep. Ten, ten years so, down the road, five years down the yeah. road. Yeah, yep. Ron, do you, do you think Oakshade's going to get get it in this weekend? I have I have some insight in that. But uh, speaking <laughs> of speaking of which, how are things looking there for tomorrow night? Well, like I say, the track's upside down right now, but that that only takes me about four hours to to flip to groom it back it. over. I've, yes, yes, <laughs> to flip it back over. Well, we call it roll it in and tighten it up. Um, uh, so you know if. I know Maggie has, uh, has uh, she goes to Gordon's every every uh, Wednesday, I think, and buys all of her uh, product for the for the uh, concession stand. The toilets are clean, uh, the wiring is good, the generators are full. So you're um, ready to go. So yeah, you know, all I you know, I go over there and and I uh, take a thermos of coffee with me in the morning and and uh, you know do a double check on on the sound system and and get the track ready and. So if weather cooperates, we'll be racing tomorrow night. The exciting thing about that is I've had a, my phone's been ringing all week about these, the youngsters, you know, I, Hey, I had a guy call just at six o'clock tonight. Got two kids. He lives in Jackson. He's been hearing about the uh, Palmyra and uh, he bought a couple of go-karts. He wanted to touch base on, on rules. Um, can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but he's all excited. So that, that could put our pup count at 10. Uh, Perry, Perry Cox, I don't think he'll be racing, uh, Colton this, this weekend, but he said he was going to come down if we, if we run and, and, um, you know, watch the kids and, and have his boy there and kind of, uh, we do practices on Sunday afternoons and, uh, I like to see, I like to see the youngsters practice a couple times before that we, you know, put them out in a full blown race. Is there a, uh, is there a number that, uh, people can reach you at that, uh, if they want to know more? Yep. Five, one, seven. It's five one seven six seven three 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 four seven. Yep, same number I had when when we had uh, Racers Connection, and and I will say Chris Keller's doing a fantastic job with with Racers Connection out there at his little shop. Um, wish him the best. It, he's uh, 
he's he's got it back up, uh, you know, where he's got a really decent uh, inventory of stuff and uh, treating his customers right. And I've been buying product from him uh, for my. I'm building a drag car, and uh, oh boy, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just something that, that I want to uh, take my grandsons out and goof around with uh, Saturday nights or cruise down to Oakshade and and park uh, park over there where Leo Pelham used to park and uh, all them guys and. And uh, you know, and take my grandsons down to the to a you know to the full size dirt track and and show them you know show them a good time and and uh, but yeah, the Paul Meyer is alive and well and, and doing good. I like to say I just finished my paperwork. Uh, cost me about a, again. Yeah, yeah, cost about a thousand bucks a week for the insurance. I I can't imagine what Pam and Terry have to pay to keep Oakshade running during the summer. Um, probably ten times what I pay, but. Well, uh, well, listen, John. Know. We got to we got to move on here, but we appreciate the okay. time and uh, definitely keep in touch. I, I'll have to get out there. It's been a few years since I've been out there. I kind of okay. miss it. So. I I would have been well, there. I would have been there last Friday, but uh, we were celebrating uh, actually what should have been birthday? a what should have been a, a national holiday. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. All right, John. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. man. Thanks okay. so much, my All friend. Right. Okay. Thank you, Ron. We'll Thank you, you, Scott. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Yep. Thanks a lot. Bye, bye. Bye. There you go, John Bailey of Paul Ryer Speedway. There, uh, we gotta move on here, and uh, we're gonna get to. Whoops. Take that off. Get to uh, Blake Rowe, uh, the Midwest Modified Tour winner at Toledo Speedway uh, this past Sunday. First, uh, before we do that, though, a little bit of racing roundup, some action from last weekend. Uh, Attica Raceway Park, of course, uh, hosting the. Uh, World of Outlaws, right. matter of fact. And I believe that was our how many question for last week. So we'll have to see who the Ooh. winner is of that. I think there was a tie. I think we're going to have to spin spin our Ooh. Big D's pizza wheel for but that. But there was no tie for the in-studio no. guest. No, no, there was not. That's another story. Actually, I think we, I think we both lost. I Could think be. Caleb won that, actually. I think. Uh, anyways, uh, Kyle Larson was the winner Friday night, 410 sprints out there. Um, it was his 25th World of Outlaw win. Uh, Brian Sabeto won the uh, 305 feature. Uh, also Friday night, Lima Land, Jared Horseman won the NRA Sprint Invader feature. Gabe Mueller, uh, bomber slash superstock champion last year, uh, picking up the Thunderstock win down there at Lima. And uh, Todd Sherman picking up the win in the Modifieds. Saturday tracks, pretty much all of them were rained out. Uh, Oakshade, Fremont, Sandusky, Montpelier, Flat Rock, and Eldora. Everything was uh, rained out there. Toledo wet. Speedway, though. Huh? They were wet. Yeah. Toledo Speedway Sunday, though. They were in action, and uh, our guest uh, we'll be talking to you momentarily, Blake Rowe, won the uh, modified feature. Andy Harding uh, picked up his very first uh, feature win. It was, a, I read, that was 13 years of trying, something That's like it. that. That's it. Yeah. Picked up the late model sportsman uh, feature win, and uh, Randy Padgett Jr. Uh, won the factory stock feature uh tezos all-star circuit of champions friday night was uh rained out at wilmot raceway uh as they're over they were over in uh, wisconsin this past weekend bill blaylog uh won at the plymouth dirt track uh our guest last week uh justin peck finished eighth on uh, saturday and then sunday hunter uh, schurenberger picked up the win at angel park speedway and justin peck finished second so he's getting close getting close so uh, World of Outlaw uh, action, other World of Outlaw action. Of course, we mentioned Kyle Larson picking up the win at Attic on, uh, sat- or on uh, Friday. Saturday night, they were at uh, Sharon Speedway. Actually, they weren't. It was rained out. So uh, Attica was the only action the World of Outlaws had 
last weekend. Late models, though, for the World of Outlaws. Max Blair picking up the uh, win last Thursday night at Bloomsburg Fair Raceway. Friday night, Dennis Herb Jr. made his way to Victory Lane at Marion Center Raceway. And uh, Jared Miley got the win Saturday at Port Royal Speedway. All in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Lucas Oil late model action Friday night at uh, 300 Raceway. These guys over in Iowa. Uh, t- Tyler Erb picking up the win there. Um, 34 Raceway was uh, scheduled to run Saturday night. It was postponed to Sunday. And uh, T-Mac, Tim McCready picking up the win there on uh, on Sunday. And, of course, in NASCAR action, um, we'll get to the cup action last. We'll start with the trucks uh, on Saturday. Stuart Friesen picked up the... Uh, uh, Speedy Cash 220 win at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, Tyler Reddick won the SRS, SRS Distribution 250 at Texas Motor Speedway, also on Saturday. And then the All-Star Race, or the All-Star Debacle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, at least the end of it. Uh, and it wasn't a very exciting race, really. Uh, Ryan Blaney picked up a controversial win uh, on Sunday night. And, uh, they, it wasn't uh, controversial from his standpoint. He, he actually he responded because he, the deal was they threw the yellow flag for a caution that shouldn't have really been a caution on the very last lap. And since it's the all-star race, it, it, even though he's taking the white flag, it doesn't matter because you have to take the checkered flag. Otherwise, they're going to do a, a, a green-white green white checkered. And Blaney, I guess, thought that he won because he had already taken the white flag and the, he was like, 300 feet from the, the finish line. Right. They threw the yellow for, for an unknown reason. On the back stretch, he took his window net down, and then they're like, uh, yeah, the race isn't over. And then he struggled to try and get his window net back up. And then... And couldn't. And then he couldn't. And he said, I guess it takes, like, two people outside the car because it's right. so tight because you want that thing tight, right. not flapping yep. in the wind. Exactly. And um, he got somehow managed to get it so it stayed up. It wasn't in its original configuration, let's say, and uh, ended up winning the race and then held on to, to win the green-white checker. Denny Hamlin finished second and was pissed that uh, NASCAR basically said two wrongs don't make a right. The first wrong was that caution never should have been thrown, and then uh, letting Blaney stay out despite his window net not being secure, secure uh was the other thing and uh, actually uh we we have some uh, some video here of scott miller um really? of nascar who uh who responded to uh some of the uh the questions that came up after uh the race on on saturday or sunday night so uh check this out yeah so so obviously i think you know everybody you know knows that we probably prematurely called that yellow flag um, you know the way that works in the tower is that we're all watching around the racetrack and um, we make the you know obviously the race director who has the button and makes the call is, is the final say of when the yellow gets put out we all watch and we saw the car and mentioned the car against the wall, riding the wall down the back straightaway. And the race director looked up, and I'm not sure what he saw, but he immediately put it out. So, um, wish we wouldn't have done that, but we did that, and, and we'll we'll own that we probably prematurely uh, put that caution out. What about the window net situation? Denny Hamlin was pretty frustrated. He said it was a safety situation. NASCAR always talks about that. 
what were the decisions made by NASCAR there? So, I'm, you know, again, I think obviously Ryan Blaney thought he won the race. Um, another byproduct of kind of special rules of the All-Star because every other race that we do besides this one, he would have won the race when the caution flag came out. So they were celebrating, he put the window net down. We saw him struggling to get it back up, but coming to green, um, he was warming his tires back, back on the back straightaway. You could clearly see both hands on the wheel warming the tires up. The window net was up. No way for us to know if he got it 100% latched or not. And at that point in time, no way we can be certain that he didn't get it latched. So there's no way we could call him down pit road at that time. Thoughts? Very NASCAR-ish, that's all <laughs> I can say. We, we've talked about NASCAR and their, their convoluted rules. And why would you, Scott, why would you change the rules coming to it's the, the che- all-star coming race to, coming to the checker for one race and it didn't that, make that pays it a million exciting. dollars it didn't make it any more exciting either so no it was kind of a snoozer yeah kind of uh you know yeah it's i don't know <laughs> it wasn't good I, I think the right car won the race uh, well and ryan blaney did respond to uh to what denny hamlin was saying that he should have been black flagged and he, he basically agreed with him He's like, yeah, but I'm not going to complain. But yeah, I, I can totally understand what he's saying. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. Contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs from action shots to victory lane. They have all your favorite drivers. They also do special photo shoots by appointment. Uh, time running out if you're an Oakshade person and you haven't run yet um, and you, your car looks all nice and pretty, uh, give Charlie a call right now. 409-476-9978. Set something up for tomorrow, even though it's raining. Uh, maybe maybe Saturday afternoon. He could probably do some stuff yeah. at the track even. Right. Um, yeah, that's uh, freeze frame photos. And uh, they can put those pictures on all kinds of custom items as well. And also don't forget to give Ron Miller Race Cars a call at 734-856-7223. That's 856-RACE. For race cars, parts, safety, equipment, service, everything racer needs, um, bodies, body work. Um, not for a little while yet. Okay, just saying. Just saying. we we are pretty loaded up with tires, though. We've got uh, a good inventory. Again, we we restocked today on the American Racer tires that uh, are are a real racer favorite at uh, Fremont on the on the trucks and uh, completely legal on the uh, uh, sportsman cars at Oakshade. Everything but the right rear. Uh, we've got pretty good inventory of the. Uh, Dominator Superstock tires and uh, tires for Sandusky Speedway. There you have it. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll give away uh, another Big D's Pizza with how many, and uh, also have uh, this weekend's Big D's Pizza racing menu, as well as that weekend weather pit stop. First, our conversation with uh, last week's uh, Modified Tour winner at Toledo Speedway, Mr. Blake Rowe. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Quite the car count, Blake. I, I was really impressed. Yeah, the, the modifieds do a good job, man. There's a ton of them in the area. I was, I was actually a little surprised we didn't have more of them. I, you know, I kind of figured we'd be uh, running an LCQ uh, before the main, but um, I think there was 22 of them that showed. Um, and I think one or two of them may have dropped uh, with engine issues, but um, yeah, it was a good car count. A lot of really good cars. Um, 
And that that's kind of what we need, man, for a place that, you know, we haven't been, you know, the modifieds haven't been invited. I shouldn't say invited back, but haven't had the opportunity to race there in the last couple of years. Um, you know, I hope it was a good enough show that they, uh, they've got interest in making it more of a regular deal. I mean, I, I, would, I would think that, that that will happen. You know, again, that car count was fantastic. Any, any more like 15 cars is a decent field at, for, for some race tracks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the modified stuff in Michigan and Ohio, especially, um, they're on a pretty unified front. Um, tire rules in Ohio are a little different than up here. Um, but otherwise, I mean, our rule books are, are pretty consistent. Um, and there's just, there's so many good race cars out there. Um, it's not like it's a, a scattered field with one or two really good, you know, pieces. I mean, there's every racetrack you go to has got probably a handful of them that are, are really, really beautiful pieces. I mean, almost show cars over race cars. So this is your second consecutive win. Uh, your last win coming last year's, uh, glass city 200 and the, uh, the CRA, uh, late model portion of that. So you've, you've got a, your modified win. You got your late model template body win from last year. I mean, what, what do you, uh, what, what do you attribute your success uh, at that track to? Uh, probably pretty good race cars, man. Honestly. Um, you know, I really enjoy the track. Um, we've run well every time we've been there. The, the first time we went was 2016 with our modified, um, kind of a last minute deal. And it was my first full year modified racing. So it was more or less a, an opportunity to get our feet wet down there. Um, and you know, we'd only put two tires on it. We're just trying to be like humble about it. Um, and we raced Brian Nestor for the win. So, um, you know, that was a pretty cool, like intro to it. Um, we went back in 2018 and didn't, you know, fare quite as well. We ran like fourth or fifth type of thing. Um, but I, I think Dick, uh, Dixie, which is a racetrack up here, it's Bertram Speedway now. Um, and Toledo have a, a lot of similarities and, um, you know, I, I really enjoy, um, kind of the, the characteristics both those tracks bring. Um, they each are a little bit one lane. Um, you know, they definitely have a preferred groove, but, um, if you're willing to, to charge and, um, you know, maybe set up passes a little bit, uh, differently than you would at a, at a two group racetrack, um, you know, it fares well for you. So I think a lot of experience up here, uh, Bertrand's probably helped me at Toledo. I think, uh, one of the reasons that Toledo tends to be one groove is just that it's so fast. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's super fast. Um, three and four is, um, very different than one and two, which is, you know, the same way, uh, Dixie is up here. Um, you know, much more flat. It's a, you know, very stretched entry. Um, but you got to get right down and paint that yellow line around there, man. It's, it's crazy. Like if you miss it by two feet, you feel like, you know, you're on like 300 lap old, just totally worn out rags versus, if you get, you know, get your lefts right down there on that yellow line, I mean, the thing almost just feels glued. Like you can just hammer down yeah. corner exit type of thing. Um, so it's, it's a very narrow racetrack on that end of it. So, you know, I think you have to have to, you know, be a, a relatively spectacular race car through one and two to set up all your passes down the backstretch um, to, to earn that preferred groove into three. So now you led most of that race. So you didn't have to do m much passing. No, yeah, we, uh, so the way the Midwest Modified Tour, uh, does their lineups is fast time will draw like a, an invert window, if you will. Um, so it may be an eight, 10 or a 12. Um, and then, uh, say fast time were to draw an eight, um, the top eight were to draw for their starting spot. So I pulled a two pill. Um, so we started, um, started second and I, you know, I led the race from flag to flag, but, 
Um, although we didn't have to pass any leaders, um, there was a ton of lap traffic. Uh, <laughs> the last, like, it felt like eternity. I mean, I, somebody could have fooled me and said it was a hundred lap show with how it felt in the car trying to run from uh, Trevor Barry. Um, but yeah, we had to pass and, and drive through a lot of lap traffic. I think we lapped up to like sixth place or something. Yeah, how, how, how hard is it to hit your marks for 50 laps? And, and you have Trevor, Trevor Barry, who uh, closed in. He was right on your back bumper there with just a few laps to go. It's difficult, and I had a rather hard time uh, hearing my spotter uh, Sunday as well. Um, I don't know why. I, I think there's something wrong with the harness in that car because it's never. It's he's the same guy that spots me in my late model, and he's crystal clear. I mean, him and I communicate really well together. Um, but I think I think something in the harness in that car is getting a little bit foobard, and uh, you know, so it was like trying to focus a little bit on what he's having to say um, when things are happening, um, and you know, kind of get a little bit like lot have a little bit of a loss of focus uh when something like that happens but um i mean you know quite honestly with as much late model races we're doing anymore like 50 laps is a sprint you know in comparison yeah. so um that definitely helps like i think our late model racing's making me a lot better modified racer um especially at berlin that place is all about like keeping your tires under you and and being like you know, rather aggressively conservative, you know, take what the race will give you. You definitely can't give up anything, but you can't take more than it's willing to give you from time to time. Um, so, I mean, you know, stuff like that, you know, wasn't an issue, but like picking the correct lanes behind lap cars and things like that definitely counted. Like we've got a lot of uh, our listeners that are, that are racers too. Uh, and they might not really be familiar with the modified. So just give us a brief overview of, of the technical aspects. Yeah, so the asphalt modifieds, I think, would be like fairly, you know, for any dirt racers, would be pretty similar, um, you know, looking and mechanically to like a, you know, a, a UMP style modified. So we're on an open engine rule book. Um, really, the only requirements are that it's a wet sump um, and a steel block, and it's got to be naturally aspirated, of course. Um, so it's pretty much build what you think you can put to the ground. Um, so, which I think is, is a very cool aspect of it. Um, it's a, the Midwest modified tour requires a stock front stub. Um, but a lot of the racetracks around here are allowing a how tube clip, um, which the, is the aftermarket front clip, which, which replicates, uh, all the mounting points. Exactly. Of, of the stock clip, right? Exactly. Uh, and on top of that, so it replicates all the, the mounting fixtures, which is great. And how has built in specific weight locations for them to make them, you know, weigh, you know, the, all of the performance aspects of it should be as close as possible. Right. So that's a great deal. Um, you know, there's, there's opinions on that. I, I think it's a good thing for the modified division personally, but you know, I, I understand everybody's reasoning on that. So uh, stock front stub, otherwise um, to uh, tube frame all the way from their back. Um, the rear suspension is definitely very open in the modified divisions. We can run spools, differentials. Um, it's got to be steel tubes, no cambered rear ends, nothing like that. Um, steel hubs all the way around. Um, five by five bolt pattern. Yep, five by five bolt pattern, eight inch wheel, eight inch tire. Um, it's an eight inch slick this year. Um, so you're that was, on the F on the F seventy. Yep. Yep. Um, that was, that was new for us last year. We ran on a treaded tire previous to that. So like the D 800 and the 970. Um, so, you know, I, I personally really enjoy racing on the slick. I think it's, um, I think it races like the big slick, uh, versus when we were on the treaded tire, um, when I would go from a treaded tire race to a, a you know, a 10 inch slick race, 
Um, the treaded tires, you could abuse them like one lap and you paid for it for 20. Um, they were not a tire that you could be aggressive on. Whereas the slick, you can almost pound them into the ground every lap. Um, I, I understand that that F70 is fairly repeatable if you, uh, because of tire shortages, need to run them a couple of weeks, uh, they don't fall off as much. Yeah, so tread wear is never an issue on them, which is a good thing. I mean, we, I've never ever heard of anybody wearing one out. Um, but as a sticker, they're definitely fast. Um, anytime after that, in my opinion. They fall off. Yeah, so the they fall off from a sticker to, you know, like after the first night. Um, after a then, heat cycle. Yeah, after a heat cycle. But then I found that, like, I'll practice on 150-lap old tires. Like, a 50-lap tire or a 150-lap tire, in my opinion, as long as you haven't just, like, totally blistered the snot out of it or really mm -hmm. destroyed the tire, like, they're a good piece. I'm holding on to a couple sets right now that are, like, pretty lapped out, if you will, but they still look pretty good. Because it's not like we can buy tires, to, you know, not that we need to buy tires to practice on every weekend, but sometimes like if you were, you know, to cut a sidewall or stuff like that and you don't have anything, you're kind of a sitting duck. So I'm holding on to stuff this year that I wouldn't have previously, um, but I think they're a really good tire. I enjoy them. Um, Again, we've been talking about it and the tire issues could jump up and bite us this year. So you're probably very prudent in keeping an inventory of usable tires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know where the whole situation is going to go. I, you know, the, the Midwest modified tour and most of the racetracks we run around here are very particular about like making sure that they've not been tampered with and things like that, which I agree with. I mean, I think that's a great, you know, way to try to keep us on a level playing field, but I know that there's racetracks that are like trying to allow you to <laughs> like do whatever you re rejuvenate do what you the have tire. to do to race. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if, if somehow things get completely spun out of shape, yeah, I mean, we don't want to be sitting without anything. So, right. Um, you know, All right. Let, let's shift gears a little bit away from the, the fascinating tire talk. I know Ron yeah. really <laughs> likes to talk about tires, but uh, let's, let's, uh, look at uh, your the beginning of your career. You started off in quarter midgets, and then you actually jumped into a full size uh, late model sportsman at the age of fourteen. Yeah, it was it was something like four. Yeah, I guess probably fourteen would be right. Um, but yeah, we quarter midget raced. I started when I was six, um, and my younger brother and I did that for a long, long time around the Midwest. Um, had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I I just flat out got too tall. I couldn't fit in them anymore, so we had to do something. Um, so we went stock car racing up at like Owasso, and we did that for a couple of years. Um, had a lot of fun with it. Um, probably overextended our stay one year. Um, we we were racing for a championship the second year and came up a little bit short, and we just felt like we, we you know we wanted to get that pretty bad, so we went back a third year for it, and, and we won it. Um, that was a pretty cool deal. Um, and oh, you even you even got a, a feature win that your rookie season at, at Owasso there in 2013, and of course rookie of the year. And I think you what second in points that first yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So we were yeah rookie of the year and second in points that year. Um, and then you know uh, our our or our first year we were uh, rookie of the year and second in points. And then our second year, I think we finished second as well. Um, dumb mistake on my part early in the year. Um, I had won a feature and driving back to the tech areas where I was supposed to be going, <laughs> pulled into my pit slab. Um, and like, as soon as I got there, realized like, Oh crap, this is not where I'm supposed to be backed out, went through tech and like 
nobody had seen, I shouldn't say nobody had seen it because somebody had seen it. Um, we made it through tech. None of the officials had seen it or if they did, they didn't say anything. Um, and they cleared us of tech. And afterwards the you know, the tech man at the time had come over and asked me when we were loading the trailer, like, did you stop your pistol? And I said, yeah, I stopped here immediately realized that's not where I was supposed to be. And can't, you know what I mean? Like I was honest with him about it. I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to lie to the guy over it because he clearly knew. And, uh, he was like, well, we don't have an option, but to take it, you know, take the win from you. So that, that cost us the championship. The second oh. year. So your honesty like, cost you the championship, huh? Yeah. I mean, like, you, <laughs> Do you, you feel know. bad about it. <laughs> did I, did I feel bad about being honest over it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, I was, I was pretty frustrated that like, I was as honest as I was about it. And then they still took it from us. Cause it was like, I feel like if we were trying to do something that we weren't supposed to, I would have, you know, lied right, you know, right to the guy's face over it, but it is what it is. You know, that stuff happens. And I was like, you know, 15 at the time. So, you know, I, in, in this day of phones and cameras, yeah, somebody was videoing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah I mean, it, it, it was, it was what it was. I mean, we were pretty, we were all pretty, you know, upset over it. Um, but I mean, when it all came right down to it, I was the one that drove there. So what do you do? Um, and, uh, you know, so that was ultimately why we went back the third year. Cause it was like, we totally lost that over something that was like, we were fat. We were, we, yeah. in my opinion, we were the championship car that year. We won like five feature races set fast time, like every night. I mean, but we just, there was no way to make up that deficit when, the guys we were racing against were like averaging second and third place finishes, you know? So, um, yeah, so we stock car raced a couple years up there and then we went modified racing after that. And I've been doing that for a long time since. Yeah. You got, uh, the modified in, in 2015 and it sounds like you had uh, immediate su success uh, in that as well. Yeah. We, uh, we won our second, we finished second, in our first feature race and won the second one. Um, and that was the year we were chasing the championship up at, uh, Wasso with the sportsmen. So, kind of pulled double duty there a couple times, which was cool. Um, it was really cool, but it was like eye opening as to how different the cars were. Cause I felt really comfortable on the modified and then I jump in the sportsman and feel like I was, you know, a fish out of water. And that was a car that I probably had thousands of laps around that same racetrack in, you know? Um, so that was kind of crazy, but the cars were 800 pounds different. I mean, hundreds of horsepower away from one another. So, um, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a cool deal. It was really up and down for our first couple modified years. It's a tough division. The cars are tough to drive. I mean, you know, I was learning a lot about setting them up, driving them, all of that. So it was, it was kind of a lot, honestly, we were probably in over our heads is the truth of it. Well, I had a lot of horsepower on an eight inch tire. It, it, it teaches you throttle control. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, if you're not capable of like picking up on that in a hurry, um, the cars will be miserable to drive. <laughs> they'll, eat, they'll eat you alive. Yeah. And that, that was the truth of it. Like the first year we ran, um, I guess it would have been like 2016. Um, I remember there was a lot of nights where we like set fast time and stuff like that. Um, and it was like, dang, we got this thing rolling, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we had a great like 10 lap car. I mean, I think it was, would put down laps, but, it sucked like 40 laps into a show. I mean, it was horrible to drive. So, um, you know, you gotta be, gotta be pretty precise with what you do behind the wheel. Um, and you have to be really meticulous in the shop to put together a car that's a going to last and, um, be like, you know, going to keep the tire under it and, you know, has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of roll speed, but you know, it's capable of putting down some, some horsepower as well. 
Now you got you have wins at, at Owasso, Spartan, Toledo, Sandusky, Birch Run. I'm sure there's more. Is there any one track that that you have run at that you haven't gotten a, a win that you really would like to? <sighs> Freaking Whittemore's eluded me, man. Um, <laughs> we've we've raced up there a bunch, and I feel like we've probably finished second up there as as many times as we've not finished. Um, <laughs> And it like, I don't know what it is. It, we've not, we've not had race when it, well, I can think of one weekend. We probably had a car that was capable of going race for a win, but otherwise we like, it's not, I don't really have any thoughts that were like, Oh man, like I let that one get away from me. You know I mean? We just haven't had super great race cars up there. So um, the place is super abrasive. Um, the shape of it's weird. It's got an elevation change on the backstretch. So, um, all of it's just different. Um, the last time we were up there, we were really fast. Um, kind of had a, a super weird deal happen um, with like 15 or 20 to go. We were racing hard inside of the top three, and um, it was a, it was a bad deal. We, uh, like I said, I think we were running third, or we were definitely running third. Um, we'd set fast time that night, and I don't know. I feel like the invert was probably pretty, you know, pretty average, maybe maybe a six or an eight or something, you know? And it was a hundred lap show, I believe, maybe. Maybe a 75 or hundred. So it was a longer show. And I felt like I was just biding my time and kind of riding, set myself up. I felt like for pretty good shot at it, pretty clean shot at it. Um, we were racing, Steve Ullman and John King were ahead of me. And they're both locals up there, really fast cars, you know? And... I don't know, man. We, uh, Steve, I think there was a restart like right there at the time. So they were, they were racing like elbows up hard. And I'm like, all right, this, you know, this is it. We're going to, you know, and if you're going to go, it's now, you know, there's like 18 to go type of thing, you know, somewhere around there. And Steve, Whittemore's tough because you cannot charge one like on a regular lap. But when you're going to pass on the top, you have to like, you really got to blast down in there so you because you don't run spotters up there normally. So you can drive to the car on the inside door just to show them a nose, right? It's not really what you like do for speed, but just for the sake of getting a lane. Sure. Um, so whether it was Steve or John, it was one of the two of them, you know, had was, you know, they were first and second. I don't really remember the order. Drove into the, you know, drove in at the top of the leader's car and I was running third and I just filled the hole on the bottom. You know, I just drove in there and filled the hole. Cause I didn't really, you know, I guess I was assuming the guy in the bottom was going to be, you know, the faster car and whoever was up top had just turned back down the hill to, you know, uh, they weren't going to make the lane type of thing. So I had just stepped out of the gas cause I wasn't there enough to take his position. So I stepped out of the gas and the car behind me ran me over and I, I didn't spin out or nothing. I mean, we kept going. It literally just felt like a chain reaction of like, Oh, I checked up the car behind me checked up, you know, I'm just, that's like super normal in modified racing. Well, like two cars behind me had spun out. I, I shouldn't say two, but it was like two cars behind me. One of them had spun out mm -hmm. and they called me on it. And I was like, the, the officials did. It. They called me on it. Yeah. They, okay. they sent me to the back over it. And I was beside myself. I was like, I checked up to keep from wrecking the car in front of me. That's not, I can't hit their brakes for them. You know what I mean? Like I, you wrecked I, them with your back end. Yeah. You know, I was kind of <laughs> like, and, and it, like, I swear to you, it wasn't like I stood on the brakes and like got jacked up and, you know, was 
20 miles an hour off the pace. It was nothing more than a place in the racetrack where you would typically be tipping into the gas. I had to blurt for a second type of thing. And um, they had sent us to the back over and it was kind of like, you know. You're still upset about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it is what it is, you know, at this point. So they sent us to the back over it and we, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I elected to keep racing I, I don't even know why i've got to the point anymore in a situation like that you know <laughs> we're there to race inside of like the top five like not to sound like oh you know not that we're too good to race for 15th or 18th or whatever but in a situation like that at the end of a race there's not a whole lot of good that's going to come out of the back of a field you know so we elected to stay out and i learned the hard way there's not a whole lot that's going to come out of you know good that's going to come out of the back of the field and there was like three cars that wrecked on the next restart and we got caught up in it we were all torn up at the end of the night. I mean, the car was spotless before that. We got just KO'd. And um, so after the race, we loaded up, and they were running super late. It was like 3 a.m. at the pay window. I mean, it was it was a late night. And I think it had rained. In their defense, though, I think it had rained out practice. And, you know, they were the whole show was pushed back for some reason. So I got to the pay window. And one of the guys that was in the altercation, because they sent two of us to the back over it. It wasn't just me. They had sent two of us to the back of it. And I don't really remember who the other car was, and it doesn't matter. Um, The other guy had come up to the pay window and had just asked, what was the call? Like, that hardly made sense. What was the call? And they, the, the guy at the pay window, which turned out to be like the race director or something, had said the 57 hit you. Or what? However, it worked out. The fifty-seven hit and spun somebody. So I just said, "Well, how can I control who hits my rear bumper? Like, <laughs> unless if I'm just brake checking and restart or something." And he said, "You drove into the rear bumper of whoever was ahead of you, like, and spun him, spun the car in front of you." And I said, "That's impossible. I wasn't behind the car that spun. Never. I, I had never raced behind this car the entire race. So it was obvious that there was just a total like mistaken identity." Well, yeah, so that like that's an innocent like, okay, I guess it could happen type of thing. But then another guy had come over from the racetrack um, because I guess like there was like 18 officials or something. With, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm maybe going too far into this. But another guy had come over later that was also involved in the call. And he had got all up in my face over it. And I was literally just sitting there waiting to get paid. I wanted to go home. It's two hours from home for us. So it was like a, I was literally pulling the driveway when the sun comes up. And he's getting all in my face over it. I'm like, dude, I just, he, you know, and he was saying something about like, if you don't like it, don't come back. And he said, well, I don't plan on it. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I have no interest in coming we back. We finally agree on something. <laughs> so you run, you have uh, the modified, but you still have the, the stock car, the Temple Body mm-hmm. stock car, which you won last year at uh, Toledo. Are you still running both of them? I mean, what, what are, what's your plans for this year? The rest uh, of this yeah. year, I should say. Yeah, so we are running both of them. It's probably going to be like a, a 50-50 split in our schedule. Um, we've been doing a lot of, of template racing at Berlin Raceway. Um, they're the only track in the state that runs the super late models regularly. Um, and they've got a really great program over there. We enjoy it. Um, so we're doing a lot of that. Um, I'm, that's where I'll be this Saturday um, racing. Um, not super certain if we're going to commit to the full schedule yet. I'm trying to. Um but it just, it gets busy. There's a couple of times this summer that get really busy if we try to commit to it. So I think we're going to, we're going to,
probably keep doing every show we can. And if it's just looking like, you know, points aren't falling or, you know, we're just not running well enough for a points, you know. So I say a lot of, a lot of guys we talk to, uh, the, how the points go kind of help determine what happens as well. Yeah. 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 We haven't, <laughs> we haven't run well enough over there yet. This, okay. I mean, we've only raced twice, but we haven't, you know, run well enough over there yet to, th- to make me think that we're going to be a contender for like a, you know, a late race charge for the championship. Um, we finished fourth opening night and seventh, um, the last race we ran. So, um, you know, not super great. And their qualifying points pay exactly the same amount as their race points do. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great deal. It's cool. You know, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on qualifying and that's something that we have not done well traditionally with this car. So I gotta get, I gotta get the slicks figured out how to, you know, learn how to fire them off better and, and just qualify better in general. So. Um, truthfully, the reason we, we race over there, I guess so much more so than like trying to follow the CRA super series is they've got two really big paying shows over there. So, um, uh, money in the banks coming up, uh, the first Wednesday of June, I believe. Um, and then the battle at Berlin is mid August. So those are two of the biggest shows in the Midwest for super late models. So it just works out that, you know, it's a place that we can also race regularly and, um, not too far from home. It's like two and a half hours. So. Do you have a preference uh, between the modified and the late model? Depends on the weekend you ask me. <laughs> Lately, I I've swore that late model up and down, and sometimes wonder why we keep doing it because it's tough. But it's it's tough in a good way. I like I like to learn and be challenged. So, um, the late model is really cool because I think the competition is is as tough as you're going to find. Um, I mean, it's it's a group of guys. Um, late model rate like the super late model class in general throughout the country is this way there it's a group of guys that have probably been doing it for their entire racing careers um and the knowledge is huge um throughout the late model community so um it's definitely in my opinion you know one man's brain versus the other um as much as it is driver versus driver on the track um the modified is very much so a driver's car the late model requires the setup to be as good as the driver. Cause if, if one's really good and the other's not, it, it just don't matter. So, um, so what, uh, what are your long-term uh, racing plans or goals? Are you just going to keep doing the modified and the, the stock car? Are you gonna, do you have any ambitions to move up or anything? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have ambitions to keep moving up the ladder, you know, it's from this point on asphalt. Um, if I were to keep stock car racing, I mean, the, the next step would be, a, a you know, an arc car or truck. So, um, or you can I move, use, move up to dirt, to dirt racing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to it. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm not the one you'd have to convince my dad <laughs> washing dirt cars on, on his asphalt driveway would not fly. Yeah, so that is a, yeah, there's some downfalls. The tires, uh, it's easier on the tires though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely believe that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would be very interested in, in trying some dirt stuff. Um, I think it looks like a blast. Um, but my, my heart is in asphalt stock car racing for sure. So at least right now. So, I mean, you know, my goal that I, you know, I guess my, my goal that I feel is achievable would be to find, um, or, you know, try to keep running well in the, in the stock car stuff and, you know, the modified stuff as well. But, you know, I think it's really going to require me to run better in stock car stuff to find a, a good ride, like a, a good, you know, super late model team that has interest in going and running races like the Winchester 400 and, 
you know, the snowball derby and things like that. I mean, and that, that there's a very small community of teams that, that look for driver, you know, relatively unfunded drivers, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's achievable. Um, you know, there's guys around here that do it. Um, and you know, I just, you know, keep my fingers crossed and keep working hard to, uh, you know, maybe try to get in front of the right folks. Awesome. Winning races. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal. So that's, so that's as bad as it is to say, that's the only way I know to do it. Any chance uh, we'll see you again this summer here in Toledo or even at, over at Sandusky? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to run the glass city 200 again with our super um, in September. Uh, barring anything keeping us from that, like a torn up race car or something, but we should definitely be at Glass City. Um, I don't know. I haven't really paid close attention to what the modified schedules look like down there, um, but I really enjoyed Sandusky when we were down there. That was an awesome racetrack. That was a very cool deal. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. You ever done the Hangover race? <laughs> no, but I've definitely watched it, like you know, through live streams and stuff like that. That's a wild deal, man. <laughs> I can't believe like the guys that bring out like full blown like dirt late models and stuff like that to the deal. It's, it's pretty it's cool. This, that guy right down there. He. Oh really? No he's won. He, he, have you won the most of them? Haven't you? Or uh, was a Wild I'm, Bill that still had the most? Wild. The guy that they named it for has won seventeen, and I'm at either 15 or 16. Heck yeah, yeah. man. That's awesome. Very cool. Darn <laughs> grandson beat me this year. Can't, can't give him the good setups, man. It's a bad deal. <laughs> Sucker wouldn't make a mistake. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate the time, Blake, and uh, we wish you good luck uh, on Saturday over at Berlin. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Hopefully we get the chance to talk in soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep in touch. Yeah, will do, man. See you. Thanks, Blake. Some quick uh, news from the world of racing. As a matter of fact, uh, we got uh, an update from uh, Fremont Speedway. Remember we were talking last week oh, yeah. about the uh, the dirt truck uh, yep. disqualifications? Uh, and I heard back from Brian after on Friday. It, they still hadn't reached a decision what they were going to do at right. that time, and that's why I hadn't heard back from him. And uh, yeah, let's just put this down here for now. And what happened is uh, that the, what pretty much what, what you said, we had the, uh, the trucks of Jeff Babcock and Dave Gumby uh, first and third. They failed the post-race inspections. They were disqualified for being in violation of the track's division rules. Sean Valeni was declared the winner, and the purse uh, was adjusted or will be adjusted for all drivers with Babcock and uh, Gumby having to repay their prize money back to the track. Also, Babcock's track record that uh, he had said earlier that night, uh, that was scrubbed, giving the track record back to Jamie Miller, Gone. who had uh, set it the week prior. Yeah, uh, It is what it is. It is. Uh, Scott Dixon will start on the poll this weekend's Indianapolis 500. Uh, Buddy Kofoid is going to be uh, running a USAC midget on asphalt at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway Park tomorrow night, carb night. So uh, that'll be pretty yeah. cool. He's he's Indeed. he's good in the midgets on dirt. I don't know that he's run on on the asphalt on the dirt. Well, so. he looked good in the truck when he and he looked good he in ran. the silver crown the first That's night he it. did that until he flipped That's it. That's it. So yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, there's that. It wasn't his fault. Uh, Trackhouse Racing uh, announced on Tuesday a program called Project Ninety One, uh, which will be a third NASCAR Cup Series uh, car that'll be entered for international drivers from other racing dis disciplines. We want to compete in uh, in NASCAR. Trackhouse Racing 
will field the 91 Chevrolet at least once this season with plans to expand the program in the future. I think I saw that uh, they're planning on doing... Um, uh, Road race? Yeah, Watkins Glen. Is, okay. uh, I think they're going to to do that. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so this uh, weekend's Big D's Pizza Racing Menu, I'm going to turn this over to you. Starting with Friday, May 27th, is that the one? That's, that's the it. Forest that's, Park. Yeah. Tim Hogan Park Carpets presents the 24th Annual Memorial Cup. NRA 360 Sprint Invaders, 2500 to win. UMP Mods, Thunderstocks, gates open at 5, racing at 7.30. Adults at the gate, $15. Attica Raceway Park, True Alpha Wealth Management, Steinley Chevrolet Buick and Clyde Mid-Season Championship. How can it be Mid-Season Championship? I was thinking that too. Yeah, double points, uh, four tens, four ten sprints for four grand to win. UMP Late Models, 2,000 to win. 305 sprints, a grand to win. Gates open at five, racing at 745. Adults at the gate, $18. Uh, Saturday, Flat Rock Speedway, DTS Drivetrain Specialist, Joy Fair Memorial. What a super guy he was. Uh, Outlaw Super Lates, uh, Street Stocks, gates open at 1.30, uh, racing at 4. Remember, they're, they're starting early at Flat Rock. Uh, not sure what the gate price is. It doesn't say. It's, there's a big question mark. Oakshade Raceway, and, and they tell us for sure they are racing. Bring your mudders, uh, late model, sportsman, and dominator super stocks, as well as the compacts. Gates open at 4, adult uh, racing at 7, uh, adults uh, $14 admission. Fremont Speedway, Northern Ohio Truck Center, fast 410s, boss 305s, oh, boss sprints and 305s. And trucks, wow! Four classes at Fremont. Four classes at Fremont oh this weekend. Yeah, gates open at four, racing at seven. Uh, only eighteen dollars admission for four classes. That'll be a good show. Yeah. You got anything working yet? All right, we'll find out as soon as we're done with this. No, wait, but oh, wait, we, we still haven't done the how many for this week. We'll do that after the the we get through the menu here. All right, Sandusky Speedway modifies North Coast. Stock series, Renegades, beginner stocks, uh, gates open at four, racing at seven, $12 admission. Montpelier Speedway, Montpelier, Indiana, modified super stocks, Hornet, street stocks, gates open at 4.30, racing, 7.22. There you go. Uh-huh. And that's uh, that's something they just added to this. Originally, they were going to be dark this weekend, uh, but since they rained out last week, they okay. decided uh, to add this on the schedule. $12 ad- adult admission. Okay. Uh, Waynesfield Raceway Park on uh, Sunday with the Memorial Sprint-tacular. They were supposed to have uh, 410 wing sprints, but I read something about tire issues, so that class is not going to be it. there. Uh, they will have the Boss non-wing sprints, the NRA 360 sprints, and the USAC Thunder Midgets. Gates open at 430, racing at 7. General admission for adults, 18 bucks. Uh, that's uh, Waynesfield on Sunday. And also uh, Sunday, Eldora Speedway with the uh, Johnny Appleseed Classic. Uh, late models, $5,000 to win there. Uh, modifieds on Eldora stocks. Gates open at four racing at 7.30. And general admission for adults, 19 bucks. So there you go. Uh, back to uh, how many your chance to win that Big D's Pizza. What are uh, we doing this week, Scott? This week we're going to do uh, how many late models? This is, this is a tough one. Pay, pay close attention here before you put your number in. How many late models 
at Oakshade and at Eldora. The combined the total. combined total. So, but if say uh, say Devin Shields runs Oakshade and also Eldora, that's he's he count that would be two. Okay, so just so because the same guys so, are there, it's so, not how many different. It's how many so, total late models at Oakshade plus how many total late models at Eldora on okay. Sunday. So that number added up. Thought I'd make oh, it. Oh wait, I've got to go, don't I? Yeah, yeah, you got to pick there. Uh, 25, <laughs> you got to uh, do 50, some math. Fifty-three. Fifty. Wow, that's a Hillard Miller guess. Uh, Matt Swander says fifty-two, so he's. Matt's pretty close, <laughs> but again, he's going to lose. Dean's usually a pretty good guesser. He's in the sixties, so I'm. Gonna, I think. I think I like like sixty-three. I'm going with sixty-three. Okay. So, so if you want a chance to win that Big D's pizza. You wanted ahead. a chance to nail it. I figured if I had 53, you'd go 54, but. No, yeah, I want to. You want to. I want to get closer. Fine. Uh, put your guess in our Facebook. Charlie's really optimistic there, 88. Ooh. Put your guess in our Facebook Live or YouTube Live comments, and you'll be entered to win a Big D's pizza. Uh, we'll determine that winner next week. You can uh, also enter if you're listening to us on the podcast. Uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or Spotify, whatever. Uh, we'll give you until 4 o'clock on Saturday. Sounds fair. So you can still get your guests and just find that uh, Facebook Live video. Don't watch it, though, because it's uh, it, it falls apart toward the end, uh, I'm just telling you. But uh, you can put your guests in there, and then we'll choose uh, the winner next week. So... Um, other uh, racing action going on uh, this weekend. Atomic Speedway uh, will host the uh, World of Outlaw NASA Energy Drink Sprint Cars on Saturday, and then they'll be at uh, Lawrenceburg Speedway on Monday. The Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series was scheduled to be at uh, Lucas Oil Speedway tonight. That has been rained out, but they're still on schedule to uh, race there on Friday and Saturday. Show me 150000 to win there Saturday night. Uh, case... Uh, uh, the World of Outlaw Case Late Models, they're at Sharon Speedway Friday and Saturday. Tezos All-Star Circuit Champions, Williams Grove on uh, Friday. Port Royal Speedway on Saturday and Sunday. Arkham Menard Series back in action at Charlotte for the General Tire 150. That's going to be uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. on FS1. Of course, the NTT IndyCar Series uh, 106th running of the Indy 500. Uh, that'll be Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. on NBC. Cup Series uh, Sunday as well, the Coca-Cola 600 Charlotte. That'll be at 6 o'clock on Fox. The Xfinity Series will race Saturday at 1 p.m. The Allsco Uniforms 300 at Charlotte. That'll be uh, 1 o'clock on FS1. And the Truck Series in action for the North Carolina Education Lottery 200 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Friday night, 8.30 p.m. on FS1. Um, I did, uh, before we get, finish the show up here, I did uh, go back and uh, check our uh, how many to uh, make sure I got that correct, and, and I and I messed that up, and I do apologize. Sorry, Steve Miller. Uh, I'll buy you pizza. But uh, Charlie Warrens actually was the winner. For some reason, I was going off of uh, Caleb's guess as the correct and it was number, and it was it was well, he was closest really close. of us. Yeah, but yeah, Charlie Warrens actually guessed forty-one, so he is actually last week's how many winner. So congratulations, Charlie. I do apologize for getting everybody else's. Hopes up. Uh, your weekend weather pit stop. Um, this is the quote from uh, Ryan Weekman. He had already stepped out of the office uh, by the time he read uh, my deal there. But uh, this is it. You ready? Races Friday will be tricky because of rain. 
weekend stuff will all be fine. There's your quote. Dave so. Kemmer's got a quote for you, too. Uh, fast on dirt at Atomic is canceled. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Don't, okay. for, don't forget the hotline. I, I'm not forgetting the hotline. How does John know about the hotline? It's still on the list. We, here. we mentioned it earlier. Did and I? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why John is yeah. one of our producers. Uh, speaking of which, uh, thanks to Dave uh, Kemmer, associate producer. And uh, he's a, I changed them to contributors. I gave uh, Matt Swander a 30% raise, though. Did uh, you? Matt Swander, one of our uh, contributors, uh, uh, John Young, Doug Doc, Bob Stasek. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's the one that hooked us up with one of our guests uh, oh, next right. week's show, which I'll tell you about here uh, right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to speak with Jonathan Martin, who is uh, one of Tony Kanan's spotters at the uh, the Indy 500. That would be really cool if TK wins. Yeah, yeah, that would be something. And he's also a CRA uh, racer, and uh, I'm not sure if he is or was a- an engineer on uh, Dale Jr.'s uh, Xfinity team. So uh, I'm sure he's got a, a lot of interesting uh, things I'm, to talk I'm about. I'm sure it'll be. Maybe we should go back to a one-person uh, interview show next week. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll squeeze in a, a weekend winner. Uh, but that's next week, uh, Thursday night here on the show. Um, we won't have any of the technical difficulties uh, we did have tonight. We do have a Hammer Down hotline uh, to play back for you. Uh, we did get a call here. If you want to call and leave us a message, send us on a uh, wild goose chase or a story to track down. 419-318-3081. That's 419-318-3081. Call that number anytime, day or night. All, all tips are appreciated. Yeah, you can even text it. If you don't want to call and leave a message, you can text a message to it. And, and really? I believe we get those too, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 419 419-318-3081. Uh, it won't be as fun if you, you text if you don't uh, if you if you text and don't leave a message. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So here is our hammer down hotline uh, for this week. Hey guys, was wondering a little bit of info about the weather, seeing as how things keep getting pushed back with closures because of Mother Nature. Was wondering historically. What is the latest each of the local tracks have had to start because of weather issues, like the beginning of the their seasons? Because rain after rain after rain always seems to hit us right on the weekends, and it's really kind of sucking not having much by way of options. So I know you'd have to do some research on it, just wondering what it was. Well, I did some research on it. Did you? I did. Um. I reached out to, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, I reached out to Jerry, and the latest he can uh, think of uh, Lima Land starting is Memorial Day weekend. That would be now. Which would be this weekend. And, uh, well, they've already got two races in, so this is right. not their their latest start. But they and getting races in early in the season is usually important for them because their season only goes through the beginning of August. Right. So it's a pretty short they, season. They, they shut down early. Uh, talk to Pam. That's actually why I ended up talking to Pam out at Oakshade. Uh, they used to start the third or fourth week in May. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, they were they were thinking that this may, since we've gone to the uh, April start, that this may be the latest. We could be in record set. Yeah. This, this could be the latest we, we've started at Oakshade. Um, reached out to Brian Liskai. Uh, the only thing he could think of uh, at Fremont was uh, when they started in June in uh, 2020 because of uh, COVID. 
but that wasn't because of rain, though. Count. So that probably yeah. doesn't count. So, um, and then uh, I also reached out to Scott Schultz, who uh, uh, said that Flat Rock lost the uh, first four of five shows in Toledo, the first three of four shows in 2002 due to rain. Um, but other than that, he yeah. couldn't really think of any uh, late starts. Uh, but back in the 60s and part of the 70s, he said uh, tracks around here uh, typically ran Memorial Day weekend through Labor Day. It wasn't until, right. uh, what, the 80s, late 70s, mid to late 70s, the 80s, where uh, they started starting a little earlier. Now we're starting to run later into, into the season as well. We are, and some of us enjoy it. Yeah, well, I guess that uh, global warming isn't all bad, is it? climate change it's not really global yeah whatever uh make sure to uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter hammer report follow us on uh, youtube listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform we're on all 692 platforms i'm making that number up it's totally pulling that out there but we're on all of them um And, and if we're not on one that you frequent let us know and we'll fix it there you go Check us out at HammerdownRacerReport.com. You can contact us through there. You can also listen to the shows on there. Uh, everything you need to know, HammerdownRacingReport.com. Make sure to rate and review us. Share us uh, with your friends. Uh, as soon as uh, we wrap up here, again, we apologize for going a little bit long tonight. Thanks again to our a sponsors. A little bit. A little bit. It's just a darn good thing I ate dinner. Yeah, I was thinking that. Uh, Oakshade Raceway, Big D's Pizza, Rambler Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, and Dominator Race Products. Get out to uh, your local track this weekend. Get out to a few of them. we got a three-day weekend. Yeah. At least a lot of people. I can't say everybody does. So That's it. I don't think there's any Monday races, though. Not, not, not around here. Ooh. Find one. Okay. We're out. We'll see you next Thursday. Goodbye, <laughs> folks. You have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.